Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, broadcasting live from our remote Guys Guys studio, this time in from Manasquan, New Jersey, on August 13th, 2015. Yep, uh, we're on the road. I've done my very best to uh, make sure we've had one show per week for the past uh, two and a half years now, and uh, not taking any break this summer. We're going right through, and we have a good show tonight. Our guest is Sherry Doyen. And uh, she's going to help us untangle our story. Um, we're going to bring her on in a few moments. Um, let's let me just catch you up on what's going on. Um, so I am recording, uh, broadcasting live, but from a remote studio. So basically, I did not in our studio here in Manasquan. I don't have my snowball microphone, so I had to do a call in. So both myself and the guests are calling in. I hope the sound is sounding good to everybody, and I hope the show goes off without a hitch. And uh, excuse me if we have any hiccups along the way, but I think we'll be fine because we're on the air right now. Uh, let's see what's going on out there today. Okay, so as I mentioned, it's August 13th. Can you believe how fast this summer's going? And I have to say, in the Northeast, in New York City, New Jersey, the whole tri-state area, we've had people like to complain about the heat or the cold or whatever. We had two really, really miserable winters in a row. But this has been an absolute delightful spectacular summer and we had a couple of real hot days but basically the weather has been just outrageous and it's what's nice is it's it's august 13th and for most people uh, people who have kids or teachers or whatever um you know school doesn't start until the day after labor day and this year the labor day is on september uh 7th 8th i believe 7th 7th or 8th no, September 7th is Labor Day, and that's as late as it can possibly be, as the first Monday in September. So we kind of steal an extra week because we've had, you know, Labor Day on September 1st or 2nd before, but this time we got a break. And um, so everybody gets that extra week. So we still have, you know, close to a month or three and a half weeks left to go for this summer, which is great because I know what happens. You know, it gets into August and you start thinking about, oh, no, September's coming. And even though September's a great month and fall is beautiful, but you start thinking about, well, the summer, I can't believe, where is it gone? Well, it's here and we've got close to another month to go. And, you know, the weather in September is pretty good also. In fact, it's probably the nicest month of the year here in the Northeast. So let's say we've got at least, we've got four to six weeks of great weather coming up. And uh, I'm spending, splitting my time this summer because of uh, different work conditions and some projects I'm working on. So I'm in the city a good portion of the week. But I also come down to I have a place down the Jersey Shore uh, in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. So I'm down uh, uh, right now. I'm visiting my folks this week a little bit. I have two uh, elderly parents, and I like to bring my young son over to visit them. He's two, and there my dad's like 90 and my mom's 85, so it's a real treat for them to see, you know, yet one more little one in the family. 
But um, so I come down here and uh, my wife and I are down and we spend a couple of days during the week and then we head back on the uh, actually it's like Sunday morning real early. We found on New Jersey Transit there's actually an express double-decker uh, express train where you don't have to change trains and you can go right back to New York on the same train and it leaves at like 719 from Asbury Park on Sunday morning, and that's a great time to catch the train because nobody's on it. We've got a stroller. That's always a hassle. We try to go against the crowds because it's just there's so many people here in the Northeast, and there's so many people in New Jersey. And just like today, I went out to the beach. I like to get up real early. So I got up at about 6. I went down to the ocean, did some meditation, swam around in the ocean, came out, did a visualization, did some push-ups, headed back for some breakfast, and it was great. And I like to start my days that day, that way, or for a lo- with a long run, which I'll do tomorrow morning because I'm taking it taking it easy a little bit this week. But anyhow, by 9:30, my wife and I and our little guy, we came down to the beach, and then, sure enough, very quickly we were surrounded, and it was this. There was this uh, lady with her daughter, and she was next to us. And first, just typical. New Jersey mindset about the beach. Everybody's very territorial, and they'll, they'll, people just put an umbrella up or their towel like right next to you. There's no sense of privacy because you're so stuffed together in New Jersey, anyhow. So first, a guy, you know, the whole beach is open, so a guy puts his towel like three feet away from us, behind us, which is like weird. And then this lady, as I mentioned, and her daughter. First, they put one chair about 20 feet away from us, and then about four feet over, they put another chair. And then they lay their towels horizontally so they could get more space. And then they put another chair. So now they've taken up a good 20 20 feet or so, and then they take a backpack and they put that about three feet further out just to block off that area. Then they move in front and they draw a big circle where they have a shovel, and the woman draws a big circle with the shovel. And then she puts another towel out Uh, double towel out horizontally and then digs a ditch in front of them where her and her daughter can sit and put their feet in the ditch. But I know the ditch was more of a psychological thing, so nobody else could plant their umbrella in front of them. And just absolutely amazing. So two people, they, they they were taking up like this huge piece of real estate, and it was just laughable. And of course, then this we we were next to them, and we we were right up at the edge of the beach, facing the ocean. And of course, this other person, this older woman, comes up, and she's got a guy carrying an umbrella who's going to put the umbrella in the sand, and she wants to put the umbrella like literally directly in front of us, where we have like the last piece of real estate, where you could sit and watch the ocean straight on. And there's no room in front of us, so she's like, "Is this okay?" And I said, "Not really." And she was taken so aback that she was not expecting that because it really she didn't really care if it was okay it was about it was about her just make wanting to feel good about herself so she was i could tell she was all frazzled and she said well and then fortunately the guy could see what's going on and he put the umbrella off to the side of us so it wouldn't be directly blocking our view but it's just you know, people can't help it in New Jersey. They're just so squashed in that just brings out the worst in people sometimes. And yet you have so many cool, great people in New Jersey also. So anyhow, that's just a couple of little anecdotes about summer at the Jersey Shore. What else is going on real quick? Well, uh, I got my fantasy football draft coming up in uh, September 8th, so 20th anniversary of that. That should be a lot of fun. I know not a lot of people play, play fantasy football. A lot of guys do, too. 
uh, and then a lot of women too also. Um, and then also in the news, what, what do we got going on? Well, we've got good old Donald Trump uh, still stealing the headlines. Of course, we had the, you know, the disaster in New York Jets football where Geno Smith got cold cocked by one of his by one of his teammates, and I can't believe, you know, how people think now. People are actually trying to say that, well, he kind of deserved it because he got in, in the guy's face. Well, nothing ever is an excuse for violence, so I, I don't see I – know, I know there's verbal violence, and that's totally wrong, but, you know, if he had a swarmy, snarky attitude, supposedly, which he did, it's still no excuse for hitting somebody. So anyhow, the quarterback of the Jets is now out six to ten weeks because of that. They cut the guy who hit him, and he got picked up by the Jets coach for the last six years, uh, uh, last four or six years, uh, Rex Ryan, who's up in Buffalo now. So it's just a circus there in the NFL. But anyhow, as I was mentioning, Donald Trump is still stealing the headlines. Um, they tried to get him in the I mean, if you think about what Donald Trump's actually saying, none of, none of it makes real sense. Like, you're going to build a wall along the uh, border of Mexico? I mean, really? And have Mexico pay for it? But he strikes such a nerve that he's saying, like, screw you, everybody, uh, to the networks, to the politicians. And people love that. They don't, it's like they don't even care. They're, they don't even care about his positions. They're like, it's, they are angry. People are really have had it. And they're, I think, supporting him. Uh, be, because of that, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and what type of deal he ends up cutting with the Republican Party to kind of get out of the way. Because I think, unless they think he can win, they're going to want to they're going to want to get him out of the race and also prevent him or cut a deal with him so he doesn't run as an independent, which would really screw them up. So, anyhow, we'll see what happens. The next debate I think is September 16th, so that should be fun also. But you know, you think about uh, when you look at the platform for the Republicans. You know, people look at it as a kind of a, you know, running for high school class president, but it's not. You think of the platform against equal pay for women, against gay marriage, for fracking, against raising the minimum wage, uh, against uh, labeling products for GMOs. It just goes on and on and on. It's like no matter how much you might respect one of their candidates, the platform is so uh, repressive. Uh, that it's really hard to, you know, it's really not the Republican Party where it was like 30 years ago. And they mention Reagan all the time, but he was much more liberal, believe it or not, than these guys who are running now, because I think the Christian right has really grabbed onto the Republican Party and really pulled it to the right. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay, let's talk about our show and get on with it, because we've got a great guest, Sherry Doyen. Um, she's an advocate for children. Now, in the world of guys, guys, let me just step back for a second. I mean, the whole Guys, Guys movement, as you know, started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. You can pick that up on Amazon or any of the e-tailers. It's in some bookstores. We better, better, best deal probably online. You can get the physical book or the e-book. You can catch me uh, on my website, robertmanny.com. I do a new blog every week. I'm going to write one about the Jersey Shore this week. Uh, Facebook, Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author. We just started a video series, and all podcasts of Guys Guys Radio are available both on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. And our guest, Sherry Doyen, uh, she is also uh, she has a show called Untangle Your Story on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. She's an advocate for children, and in the world of Guys Guys, as I had started to say, you know, we're all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So it's not about being just for guys necessarily. It's about 
when everybody can be at their best, everyone wins, and better men, better world. So this is, I think, some information that is worth talking about and listening from to from an expert. So she's going to share her cho- uh, her story about a childhood that was laced with physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. And she's done that across media platforms so she could promote awareness for uh, how people can thrive after surviving these trials and tribulations. She's also an advocate for the prevention of uh, child abuse, which is a great uh, great thing to be uh, uh, an advocate for, and uh, how children can get help. Her book uh, is called Junebug, and it's a novel. And it's the story of her childhood and otherworldly dreams that helped her survive. You can get that on Amazon. And uh, she's working on, it looks like she's working on a screenplay for that, or somebody's working on a screenplay for that, for an adaptation. And um, she's been featured all over the web and then print and radio publications. And she also is a coach. She helps women build strategies to untangle themselves and um, from the entanglements of family, which we can all relate to, discover the stories and truths that hold tight from the strand that is uniquely their own. And she gives tangible tools and strategies to begin the process of building a life that's thriving instead of just surviving. So it's my pleasure to bring her on to Guys Guys Radio right now. Good evening. Sherry, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me. Uh, My pleasure. And thanks so much for being on the show. And thank you for bringing a unique uh, subject matter, a new subject matter to the show, and um, for sharing your personal story and and insights with us. So why don't we start right at the beginning? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened and what was your uh, inspiration and motivation for the movement that you are leading uh, in advocacy for kids and for uh, abuse and also for your writing the book Junebug and all of the work that you've done on the web and elsewhere to uh, promote um, the prevention of child abuse. Well, I came from, like you said, a background, um, an alcoholic father a mother who had her head in the sand, and um, it's a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of violence, and um, I had three sexual abusers, actually. You know, I feel like once that door's opened, which, you know, for me started very young, it was just open, a crack for whoever happened to walk by. And um, so... What, how From old there. You all of this? When, when, how, if you might, if you, if you don't mind, my asking, how old? Oh no, no, no. Yeah. I I don't get offended and uh, and have no trouble talking about it. So, um, my first um, recollection of the physical abuse, I was about six months old. Wow. My mother, uh, yeah, my mother, uh, you know, corroborates that story. And I was. Um, I was about six months old. I can remember being able to, like, hold on to the edge of the crib. Um, And that was the first time I was really taken out of my body. You know, the the experience was so horrific that, you know, I came very close to death. Um, And anyway, so that was, you know, the beginning of the physical part. And uh, the sexual stuff just was laced in there um it happened with people outside of my clan like probably around 12 13 it started really happening outside of my house and um right around time when a little girl gets her period right and um so it was pretty intense and it was you know really you know uh uh 
a lifestyle. It wasn't like, oh, I had this incident, right? Like it's a lifestyle for many children. Their lives just are daily dodging landmines and dodging bullets and, you know, hiding from, you know, the people that they're that's supposed to love them the most. And um, let, me, let me ask you this. You said, you know, your first recollection was six months old, and that was, I guess, physical abuse, and you were kind of an yes. out-of-body experience. Just out of, out of curiosity, and I always try to ask the questions that I think the readers are thinking, uh, the listeners are thinking and would, would ask. And, I, and so uh, what, what was that like? I don't mean the, what was happening. I mean, but the out-of-body experience. The out-of-body? And, the, and, and then being the awareness level, you know, you're six months old. That and you know how? Tell me about that. I mean, you know, no, I don't. I don't mean the graphic details of the abuse necessarily, but how you handled the out of bodiness of it and how you brought yourself back at such a, you know, young age. Well, the cool thing is, 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 uh, you know, we just got here, so we know where we came from, and. Um, it's a very peaceful experience, you know. Um, the first few times that I experienced it, it was more like I was, you know, you hear people talk about being on the operating table and being able to see things from the top down. That's how it very much was at the beginning. And um, later I actually learned to really use that as, as many meditators do where I could go places. And I had this place that I would land and you know um i had people there interact with me and and would teach me what to do and how to to mentally be able to manipulate what was going on on this plane like guides like spirit guides angels whatever yes spirit guides um uh, i i would land at the at the tree of the masters very often and um Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, we just came, you know, I just came from there, right? I just came from wherever it was. And and I, I feel such a blessing around that. And that's something I really like to work with people with. It's like, you know, what were your gifts? Because we didn't come into that situation not knowing and not having the what we needed to manipulate it and to maneuver it. You know, a lot of kids can jump into the future a little bit. And, you know, who knows how many incidents they're actually diffusing because they have that awareness of what's coming and having, you know, time to react to that. Um, And the out-of-body, you know, that that was another thing is, you know, along with that, you're not remembering what's here. So that's a big piece in trying to heal as well is that, you know, we don't really have the memories of either place for a while. So, okay, so you got up to the age where you're becoming kind of a young lady, uh, an adolescent. So then take us through up till um, your decision to say, I'm going to do something about this and I'm going to start this movement as on top of that and then help other people, et cetera, et cetera. So what was the path? Well, you know, I um, well, after I finally dealt with my my, my – got myself out of the dangerous situation um, – I spent time, I I was a foster parent for a while. I did CASA, which, you know, is working with um, kids through the court system. And and I was just very frustrated that that things were exactly the same as what they've been since the 1800s. 
You know, we hurt our kids. They, we send them away. You just get to have some more. You know, it seems like that the, 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 the punishment goes to the victim. And in what other case does that happen, right? That, that, you know, somebody would break into your home. You have to move and they get to keep your home. It doesn't make any sense. So that was very frustrating to me. And, um, and you know, the, the, trying to to make people in my environment understand that it was a lifestyle work versus an incident most people relate to story per story right so you tell a story and they're like that's your life that oh that bad thing happened to you and it was like no things that like that happen to me almost every day and that's a lifestyle that's more of a concentration camp versus an incident and um you know, in healing, that was really frustrating because it was like, you know, nobody could, even even my therapist couldn't grasp the gravity of what I was trying to pull through, which I think is a frustration for many, many, many. And, uh, you know, when I reached a point of healing that, you know, I just kept hearing in my meditations, like, write your book, write your book. You know, people need to understand. And... um I had a real hard time with that because I'm a truth seeker and everybody in their scenario had their reasons and their truths and their their stories, right, that didn't necessarily fit with what I believe to be true. So my daughter kind of pushed me in the corner and said, you know, mom, just just give them different names and I bet you get freed up. And sure enough, it was just, you know, I wrote Junebug in six weeks. It just poured out of my head. And um, and from well, there... The, okay. Go ahead. What, what, what flipped the switch for you to say, okay, you, you had a many, you know, situations and instances of abuse, and then you mentioned meditation, you mentioned writing Junebug. What, what was the incident that got you to kind of change course and to kind of um, get hold of yourself, um, and um, forgive me if I'm not articulate, articulating this well, but that, that, that you took the situation more into your own hands and went from victim to somebody who's doing something about it. What, 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 well, what, I'd been what therapy, I had been in therapy for 30 some odd years, and by therapy standards, I was well, and I was functioning. I was functioning. I owned my own business, but oh my gosh, like I was miserable on the inside. I could keep my face on most of the time. I could keep pretenses up. I was quite a good observer. Um, and then one day I was talk, just talk, like, talk therapy, right? Yeah, therapy. I was just like, there has got to be more than this. Like there's got to be more. And um, I ended up back in the woods. I had quite a year. My grandmother passed away. I got divorced. My kids were going to college and I was left with time and found myself back in nature, which was my go-to as a child and um, found myself, you know, as a child, I, and I think most children have a way of centering the, themselves if we get very real about it, you know, and for myself, I would go out in nature. I would rock. I would tap my foot and I would count the taps and create like this rhythm in my body. And I got to where I could disappear on my own. And as I was out and I was just distraught, you know, and ready to fall apart, that instinct just came back. 
And then I got very intrigued in meditation. I ended up at my first um, Deepak Chopra retreat. And I have to say, I was very blessed. You know, Deepak took a personal interest in me. And, um, you know, he was the first to, to tell me that struggle is a choice. Struggle is a choice. And um, I was absolutely what that, furious. What does that mean? What does that mean, struggle is a choice? Well, pain happens to you, but truly, you know, when I finally made the choice to stop struggling and stop running on the inside and turn around, like who was chasing me? Mm -hmm. Me. Me. Okay. That's all. That's all that was standing there was that little girl who still just wanted to be seen and heard. You know, I hadn't been hurt mm -hmm. since I was 17. So think about that. I spent all these years struggling, you know, because I was trying to maintain this idea of what my family should have been or what in my mind I wanted, right, from that. Versus being able to just choose, hey, like that's not what is and I can decide to turn and walk over this way and when I look this way, life's happy. Right. How about hypnosis? During your therapy, did you ever do any kind of uh, regressions, any type of hypnosis? You know, it's funny. I didn't do any um, specific hypnosis, but I did a lot of work with energy healers and did a lot of um, um, sits with them during meditation. And I ended up back with my, you know, masters again. My guides all opened up again and and life started moving forward very quickly. You know, I feel that, that, you know, my ability to talk about it, like I am not ashamed to talk about it, and I'm not ashamed, like what is my shame? Like I didn't do anything wrong. You know, that's kind of what my, it's like you didn't do anything wrong. Like why do we carry the shame? It's crazy, you know, and that's that narcissistic alcoholic thought where they can can, you know, put you in that spot of, carrying the burden for someone else's discretions. So that also like? is a choice, right? Yep, yep. So what was it like the first time, because I think a lot of people now nowadays are working to, and having some struggles with learning how to meditate because of all the mental monkey chatter, and also connecting with, getting a clear channel with, their divine self and their guides and you know i i this took i i think i'm getting i think i'm tapped into my divine self now because instead of my reaching up to it i'm actually opening up and receiving and learning to be learning to receive and i think a lot of people need isn't to do that, that beautiful when you reach that you, you have so to look beautiful at the equation. when you can reach that mm -hmm. yeah and it took me it took me a while, and now I'm, it's starting to happen, and it, it is really great. I can feel my crown opening up just by when I was just mentioning that. But for you, how did you first, and how did you know you were really in touch with your guides? Was that all the way, way back when you were a baby, or was that in your teen years or whatever? How did that channel of communication? You know, it's funny. I just, you know I just... I didn't, and that's what's funny, is that, you know, I just spent uh, a week with a shaman in Ireland, and his first words to me were, I've, I've been dreaming about you, and he said, you've been born, you were born with the gift, right? And I think when you're born with it, when things, you know, we talk about an incident blowing us open as adults to um, 
just like you said, opening up to that divine presence, something usually there's a, an event that, that pops us into another reality. Well, what if that happens when you're six months old? What if that happens when you're five? Well, you know, and because there's, there's no difference between me hearing the voices in my head and me talking to you. And sometimes I see them. So, you know, it's, it was a very confusing thing because I didn't know everyone else couldn't do it. I didn't know that what I was doing was anything that had a name. I didn't separate it out. You know what I'm saying? So that's been a real um, interesting journey for me is um, being able to, now you were talking about receiving. So for myself, it's being moving into a place of being able to utilize versus just waiting to receive. Right. Mm -hmm. I got, I got you. You know, yeah, and, and move into a proactive place of, of, of asking for the information versus just waiting yep. for it to come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, the, first of all, they get stuck with the step one is learning how to kind of relax their mind and tap into their inner self. And then, then when they start to get there, then it's they're kind of reaching up how do i tap into my divine self but it's not really about reaching up it's about opening up and letting the divine self come into our vessel so and that takes a while to to, to formulate like oh I'm, i don't have to reach up i have to open up so my divine self can i can get guidance from that guides from my divine self from any place uh, whoever in the universe uh, that you know i'm open to if i you know what with with protection but you know, it sounds like for you that you you had incidences that flipped the switch for you. So you were open at a very early age. But for for when you're working with other people now with your coaching, do you uh, do you find that they have challenges in one learning to meditate and two connecting with their guides or their divine self and just in the way well, I just articulated. As for one, I like to take all the stigma away from meditation because, you know, that word has come to mean something that you're supposed to do, right? And so I like to take the stigma out of that. I like to say what, what, what is comfortable for you? What do you do naturally? And I think we all have something that we do that brings us to that singular focus, be it, you know, a musician sitting with their guitar, and diving into that rhythm or an artist or a runner you know for me like the mo the easiest way for me to center myself is to go out in nature because you know i'm i i feel that community you know and as a child i i i, I was fortunate to have grown up on a small farm had lots of animals around and out in the country and you know the the animals were more family to me than the people almost so i was always able to kind of commune commune with the animals and um and i like to tell people hey you know when you're out in nature the only thing out of sync is you so if you walk in with the intention that that nature will pull you back it will you know it will and um so yes Quieting the mind is huge, and um, I really like to work with people, you know, people with specific strategies. I think that, that you know, we're in a time when life is really busy, and if we're going to get into this singular focused place, let's use it. Yes, let's utilize it. 
You know, I love, I love to work with people with recapitulation because especially when you come from that twisted of a programming, it's really important to know how you're showing up. Are you showing up with the door open for people to kick you in the teeth? Are you showing up as a big bully? Like, how are you showing up? And I think that's really powerful, you know, thing to do in meditation. Um, so I utilize it a lot. I forgot the last part of your of your question because I I, I got on a final ramble. But no, no, no. You 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 definitely fielded an answer, responded to it. So that that's fine. Um, yeah. I was, I was okay. just asking, like, how how do you kind of work with people? And you you described that very well. So thanks. Um, and I'm sorry. And I really like people to. T- no, that's okay. And I really think it's important for us to turn around, you know, I mean, because I think we're just running on the inside. And it doesn't mean, you know, people that have just had childhood trauma, you know, you talk to most people, and they're just reacting, they're just running, right. And when we're running, you know, we're not creating a roadmap. We're not taking in what's in our peripheral. We're seeing what's exactly where our feet should be placed, right. So we may be falling in the same pothole every day at three o'clock and not know it. And we're not creating a map for those that come after us either. You know, so I think it's really important to stop, turn around, and see who's chasing you. And realize that, you know, if you can't see you, because basically that's who you're running from, is you. You know, no one no one outside of you has harmed you for so long, right? I mean, that was the truth I finally got when I could accept Mr. Chopra's words to me was, wow, like I've been running for 35 years without anyone chasing me. That was a huge eye opener, right? Like well, how many years have I shape, wasted? Right? You got in shape yeah. all that running, right? You could do a marathon now. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I could do a mar- marathon now for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know it's not a, this is it's a it's it's not a funny subject, but I'm sorry. Um, but what what do you think causes abuse, and why 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 do people abuse those that and many times the people that they supposedly quote unquote love or family members? And you've been through it. I've never been through anything like this, uh, and and it, I'm always amazed. Like I'm like I I can't even imagine some of the things that people like yourself have had to go through. I'm like what. But uh, it happens all the time, and and there's it happens all know, the time. Only a fraction is in the United States, so thirty-five injury. million. Yeah. yeah, right now they're stating thirty-five million children in the United States, which that's half of our children. Now, thirty-five what is, million. What what is wrong? What's going on that's causing this? Well, it's it so cyclical. Like, like I was saying, you know, it's so cyclical, and you know, I mean, my father came from a very abusive home. Um, his stepdad, you know, kicked him out by the age of 15. They would farm him out, you know. So I think often it's just cyclical because they're acting out what they know, mm-hmm. right? And if, and if you're just running, you never realize that you're doing the same thing that you are so broken over to someone else. It is a crazy thing. And, you know, the really bizarre part of it is moms, and that is really my mission is moms because for moms, you know, to turn their head and allow harm to be done to their children, I just can't imagine the day you have to atone to that. And I think it's time that we understand that responsibility. 
you know i've heard i've heard of what you're talking about with moms kind of turning the other cheek or turning a blind eye better better phrase um why do they do that What's well you know i think that? they're pushed they're they're pushed in a hole as well and often they have it in their closet and if they can't see theirs they're not going to see yours and um and it's weakness i mean I, that's the only thing like that's truly like a, in all my my journey that's um the moms are really the issue we're the only species on the planet that wouldn't fight for our children you know we don't you know and, and no other species are we going to just turn our children over as sex objects to our husbands and to be quite frank a woman will know if her man is stepping out on her if he's in another state so don't tell me that she doesn't know that he is finding pleasure in the next room i don't buy it but many many women will say oh he didn't mean that or oh you know, and and exp try to explain it away, which leaves the child in a like, you know, am I crazy? You know, I mean, often they'll just say that didn't happen. You know, my my mother personally, you know, just and this is this is crazy, right? But just recently accused me of having affairs with these men as a 12 and 13, 14 year old child the outside men, you know, that, that that was in my control, you know. So it's a funny, you know, it's a really bizarre place that, that these adults find themselves in because who do you trust? You can't trust yourself because your world has been, you know, your truth, everyone says is not true, right? You have these missing pieces of memory, you have these experiences that you can't explain that people say are crazy. So where are you? And when in the in the end, let me tell you, I spent so many years trying, you know, chasing normal, right? Like I just wanted to be normal. The magic's pretty fun. The magic is really pretty fun. So I I'll let normal pass me by, honestly. Time's flying, so let's get into Junebug. Uh, you mentioned it earlier in the, mm -hmm. in the broadcast. By the way, this guy's guys radio. Our special guest is Sherry Doyen, and we're talking about untangling your story. And uh, her book is Junebug, so it's uh, it's 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 based on your experiences, but it's not exactly your experiences. So, what can readers expect to get out of the book? What do you want? Well, but it is exactly my experiences. It's interesting, but it's my out-of-body experiences and my, okay. um, you know, and woven together to create a story that somebody would want to read, right? I tried to stay back from the pain. What I really was hoping that it would be a platform for people to start talking and, um, and a realization for those who had not experienced that it and an understanding that that is a lifestyle. That is um, something that this child lives with for 100 years. You know, it's not something you just get over, which is um, a pretty typical response. Just get over it. Just get over it. Well, you know, the way our world's set up, I think forgiveness is another big, big piece because, you know, turning the other cheek on that, that child has done that, you know, from the time they could consciously make a choice to get up and have breakfast the next day. So, you know, a different level of forgiveness is required. And I think, you know, that we need to understand that it's okay to um, step outside of, of 
to not play kickball anymore. We don't have to play kickball anymore. We can create a new game and we can invite them to play. It's their choice and it's your choice to have a new game. Okay. Talk to us about forgiveness a little bit more. Why, I mean, I know it's very important, but why was it so uh, intricate to your own journey and other people's journey in terms of being able to free themselves? Well, I think, you know, I think it's a rinse and repeat, and I think um, our level of forgiveness uh, is um, equal to our level of healing. And um, and I think that the more I um, unwind from that, the more that I can see that I had really been struggling to have everybody uh, agree on a common story. Right, which that's normally what you expect out of forgiveness, right? You have a fight with somebody, you sit down, you have a conversation, you come out with a reconciliation. Well, that's rarely happens in these scenarios, you know, and if they do agree with your story, they don't really care that it happens. So it's very, it's that sort of forgiveness is very thankless in this sort of scenario. So you really are pushed back to forgiveness being about you and your expectations. And, um, you know, and often with survival, right? Yeah, you know, and critical to the process also, right? Well, and you know, I think there's that, but there's also being able to let go of the idea of what you wish was. And I think that's what a level of forgiveness that you're still fighting for. You're still fighting to have this family unit that never really was a family in the first place, right? and you're trying to create something, and so you just keep that, that sort of forgiveness just keeps kind of putting the icing on all the breaks, right? You're just like, there's a crack, oh, let's put some icing over it. There's a crack, right. you know, where you can step back, get out of the line of dysfunction, you know, and say, hey, you know, boundaries. I say, let's raise the stakes of the game rather than create more boundaries. Let's raise the stakes of the game and invite them to play. You know, it's being receptive to their next right choice. Okay. Does that make sense? That's different than me say, judging the choice they're making. Okay. Because that's where the struggle comes from, is in that forgiveness, you're wanting something. You're, there is an expectation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? And so it's like being able to step back and say, hey, you, I give you the freedom of your choice. Got it. And I'm receptive if you want to play my game. Okay. So where can Cherry, where can people find uh, Junebug? Where can they find you? Where can they learn about your coaching uh, programs, et cetera? Um, reach out. I'd love to walk beside you for a while and, and help you unwind so that you can start living. Live big and laugh more, right? Um, SherryDoyne.com and uh, Facebook is CoachSherryDoyne.com or CoachSherryDoyne and Twitter SherryDoyne and uh, I'd love to speak with you. Junebug can be found um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much any internet seller and uh, I'd love to sojourn with you for a second. Oh, fantastic. Any now, just any parting words for our listeners, like one tip for anybody who's kind of 
in a in an abusive situation and not sure which way to turn, what would you be your advice? First step. You know, I think it's very important to find, uh, especially for women, to find a matriarch that they can trust and um, and and talk, start speaking. Because once you start speaking, then you can you can hear it come back in your ear, and you can hear the absurdity in where you're living. And I think that's a huge huge step. You know, making the choice to stop running is the first step. It's the first step. Okay. Well, yeah. fantastic. Well, listen, you've been, uh, you've got a really interesting story, and you've been very brave, and uh, you're really a pioneer in what you've gone through and how you're now kind of leading the charge for advocacy to help people who go, have been experiencing some of the things you had to go through. So my congratulations to you, not like, hey, you won the race or anything, but, you know, you're doing good work. So I, I, I wish you all, first of all, wonderful speaking with you, and I wish you all the best of luck and success in, in continuing your own personal journey as well as helping others along the way. So from everybody in our audience and from me and from Guys Guys Radio, I want to thank you for being part of the show. It's a different subject matter, and I'm glad you uh, educated us to some of the things that go on that we may not be aware of. Well, you know, there's a lot of men out there, too. Sure. There's a sure. whole lot of men out there that are, you know, suffering the same yep. pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Okay. All right, great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being our guest, Sherry, and it's a pleasure to meet you, and uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, everybody, that's our show for this evening. Our special guest has been Sherry Doyen, Untangle Your Story. Her book is June Bug. You can pick it up at any of the e-tailers, and also her uh, coaching programs, et cetera, are all available. You can listen to this uh, broadcast, again, this podcast, and all our podcasts at Guys Guys Radio on iTunes or Block Talk Radio. Next week, our special guest is Amit, uh, Dr. Amit Goswami. We're going to talk about uh, a book he wrote about um, uh, quantum medicine, and uh, it's a very important subject because uh, he, you know, really breaks through in terms of the uh, the traditional boundaries, if you will, of conventional Western medicine, and um, you know, uses quantum theory to uh, explore different ways of managing your health. And uh, Dr. Goswami actually sent me to somebody at the New York Innovative Medicine Center in New York because I had a couple of surgeries last year. I'm doing great now. But uh, I'm going to go through the process and see what they have to say, and maybe we'll be talking about that too. So anyhow, I want to thank all of our listeners. I hope you're all having a great summer and make the best of it because it does go quickly. But we still, you know, we still got some good weather and some good time to go. So anyhow, all my best to you from everybody here at Guys Guys Radio. And remember that uh, better men, better world. And if you, if you think about it, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>